We don't know what numbers Blizzard Entertainment has in front of it, but if a recent post from Lead Systems designer Greg Ghostcrawler Street is any indication, something big has happened over the last month. And from the Council of Stellar Management to Q&A with the Blues, what does player input do for MMOs? And with underwhelming reports from the upcoming game Brink, is there any innovation to be had in the FPS genre? Ed Kirchgesner, Heather Richtmeyer, and I will discuss all that and more on the March 22nd Game & Player Podcast. I think World of Warcraft is encountering a perfect storm. We've been talking over the past uh, couple of podcasts uh, about the uh, influence of Rift, what kind of effect that might have on uh, World of Warcraft's uh, subscriptions, especially because Tryon has been promoting it as a uh, a clear alternative. uh, As one ad says, you're not an Azeroth anymore. But I wonder if uh, there are perhaps some unforced errors, some inherent uh, uh, weaknesses of WoW itself that has resulted in what appears to be a spontaneous and combined exodus from the game, or at least a series of uh, unplanned sabbaticals. What I mean uh, in, in the four is my own guild over the past, I'd say, three, four weeks, went from turning people away for its 25-man raid, which occurs twice a week on Wednesday and Thursday, to struggling to fill the 25-man, to not even coming close. The past three nights, this past Thursday, this past Wednesday, and the Thursday before, we got maybe 20, 21 people. If we wanted a pug or uh, use pickup group players... We probably could have, but uh, it, it collides with our ethos, and it's just something we don't do right now. It sort of defeats the purpose of running raids as a guild, in my opinion. But um, yeah. yeah, exactly. So what we did is we scuttled it, and we uh, uh, salvaged what we could with a 10-man. I managed to put a 10-man uh, uh, together, the one that I lead last night, but uh, it had uh, alternate characters. It did have guild players, and I think throughout the whole time that we were raiding, There were no more than 15, 16 people online. My guild has become a ghost town as of late. Some people are playing Rift. I think in general, people are just playing something else. Why? What I seem to see based on a a blog post by Ghostcrawler or Greg Street is a, uh, a, a final grinding down of players' will to continue... Um, and then this is particularly with, with raiders, people who play end game con- content, and uh, they do dungeons that consist of 10-man and 25-man uh, encounters, uh, have hit walls. And they came in expecting to work hard, but eventually uh, succeed in uh, normal encounters, which is the first of two uh, difficulty uh, uh, levels, and they're not. What I see, uh, generally, just uh, uh, through uh, reports and uh, anecdotally, are that you have the the, 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 the world-class, the server leaders, typically, or the, the real progressors on uh, progression servers, who are working through heroic modes now, and the rest stuck on end bosses in normal mode. And I think, uh, to some degree, that, that just... 
uh, is too much for people to handle. That that they're they're not in it for this this uh, uh, inexorable climb up the uh, the mountain to the summit. They came here to play and have fun, and somewhere along the line, I think over the last two three weeks, they're not having fun anymore. What do you guys think? I think that Blizzard has really had a lot of problems determining the difficulty in general for Cataclysm because I remember Ghost Scholar's post about WoW Dungeons Are Hard, which he put up and immediately after that they announced this huge pile of nerfs for the heroic dungeons. Yeah. So they seem to have quite a few issues in determining what they even want to do. Mm Mm-hmm. With them. Also, the deal, the introduction of heroics, the... It and you're talking almost, about five-man dungeons, correct? Yes, that was one thing that they showed, but the heroic modes for raids, mm-hmm. it essentially means that the hard content is just the normal content with some twists, which isn't particularly appealing to the people who have gone through all the normal content and don't mm-hmm. find the idea of redoing it that appealing. I've known some people who have quit because they don't find that concept particularly appealing. And that stands in contrast to something like, what, Ulduar from Wrath of the Lich King, where your your play of, of hard modes was considerably different, and it almost had a, a, an RP component to it. There was a there was a reason in the game that you would go into the hard mode rather than simply pressing uh, something in the UI which will increase damage, increase uh, uh, the number of uh, hostile game mechanics. Oh, it was yeah. fun too and there was almost lore involved. You know, hey, if you begin in, you know, engaging a boss this way, then this is going to happen. And yeah, I, I've, I thought that was kind of neat, even though I'm uh, certainly not the serious raider. I just uh, mm-hmm. definitely appreciated that. Yeah, Aldor had some very appealing elements. And I mean, also how they're doing the 25 and 10 man dungeons now really seems to be impacting the quality of 25 man raids. Yeah, that 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 is one problem that I've seen. Um, the, the tuning of... Uh, uh, Encounters between ten men and twenty-five men has drawn a lot of criticism in both heroic and uh, and normal modes. Um, particularly, you know, with the ten man, uh, you you really can't subdivide, and once you start losing people, you find yourself in uh, a more and more dire situation to the point where, in in certain encounters, the death of one person uh, could mean a wipe, especially if you don't have a class. Right now, there's only one. Um, that can directly and responsively resurrect a member in the heat of battle. Uh, yeah. You know, so you, w- w- what you do is you're, 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 you're walking on a tightrope the entire time, and it's extremely unfriendly to casual players because a lot of these players just can't deliver these consistent, flawless performances for eight, ten minutes at a time. And, and, and to do it consistently, to do it over and over and over again until you've even uh, uh, surmounted mechanics uh, or, or uh, uh, output issues. Yeah, now, and I, go ahead, Ed. Oh, I, I was going to say, you, you guys can correct me if you think differently. Now, it, I, I began playing WoW mostly with the launch of, of Wrath of the Lich King. And I think we all know that Wrath was a departure for WoW that 
if anything, content got a lot easier. You know, things like crowd control disappeared. A lot of more advanced mechanics in raids just didn't even apply to the raids you were running in in Wrath of the Lich King. It was uh-huh. simply a numbers game. And at that same time, it seemed like a lot of new players began playing WoW. They'd never experienced the uh, you know the the olden days where you really needed to know every ability your class could uh, could throw out there and understand crowd control mechanics and everything else. So to now require that of all players, I don't know. It, it seems as if Blizzard missed a stepping stone that should have been there. You know, yeah, great. Have these incredibly advanced encounters in there for people who remember and want the good old days. But to me, there's nothing in between. Mm-hmm. It yeah. would make a lot I mean, more sense if the really, really tight stuff, the the uncompromising, unforgiving encounters, had their own incentive rather than uh, expanding that philosophy to every single encounter or most. Right. It, I think the, the the other problem that 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 abrades and adds to this fatigue is the fact that you never really feel like you have something on farm, or in other words, that you can pretty much breeze through the encounter. It's a great warm-up. Um, you know, you, you you can't play with your eyes closed, but you don't feel as if everything hangs on every second. And I'm talking about good players in my guild, and we're still stumbling over the same encounters just because they are so... Uh, uh, unforgiving. Yeah, yeah, from from moment to moment. There's, yeah, there's this huge issue with, they're bringing the content back, but especially with the, how they're framing the rooks and everything, and the amount of content that people feel is available outside of raids and dungeons, they're really not doing a good job of introducing people to the concepts they need to know for this, because I don't have trouble with a lot of concepts or a lot of raiding stuff, but I have been playing since Burning Crusade, and I remember having to crowd control and everything so right you have a wealth of experience i've never even been exposed to yes i'm sure yeah and with the new i've noticed with a lot of the new leveling zones and everything there really isn't even content while you're leveling encouraging you to group up yeah Yeah. that's true unless you i i think i i was blessed a little bit Uh, i'm in the process of leveling a, a warrior for the first time and Mike encouraged me to, you know, actually run some some pickup groups and stuff using looking for group. And had I not done that, I, I wouldn't be using a third of the abilities that my class offers. I wouldn't understand what they are. And then come level 80 or 85, when I finally want to party up, no one would want to be within 20 feet of me because I wouldn't <laughs> know what the heck I was doing. Um, yeah. That's something that I, I definitely see as a problem uh, that – that they do need to do a better job of really explaining what your abilities are, what they do, and how they're going to come into use in practice once you start running more serious uh, you know, content for, for larger groups. Yeah, and I was really hoping that they would incorporate some more of that with the new leveling content come cataclysm but they don't really seem to have done that and i'm not sure that they did that with a lot of the dungeons the heroics because i mean for me it was nice to have a bit more of a challenge but they don't seem to have gotten the whole concept of 
we're going to teach you how right. in the dungeons. And the random dungeon finder does not establish a good option for learning that either because of how anonymous and potentially hostile it can be. Right. Yeah. Way, way to not tank, noob. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I've been lucky, but you hear some horror stories about how people uh, uh, want to do things the old way. And with most gear levels and most skill levels, that simply isn't possible, which results in wipes and people give up and, and uh, players are greatly inconvenienced. Yeah, and on the other side of things, I had players who, raid experience players who have, who were running, you know, tier 5, tier 6 content back in Burning Crusade, who are already blowing through heroics without even using crowd control. Yeah. Yeah, and that made that that made for a uh, uh, an expansion wide uh, belief that I think has been uh, uh, appropriately enough uh, shattered in uh, Cataclysm. But I guess there's a time and place for those mechanics, and I I don't mind the added challenge of a lot of these these encounters, but not saying that. Perhaps I'm not up to up to snuff for some of these higher level uh, encounters, but it, it just reaches a point where there's just too much going on. There's too much uh, uh, at stake. Um, you're being hit too hard. There's too much you have to do to uh, keep your your friends alive, and it it culminates in this uh, difficulty level that rises so much that, like I said, you have these guilds that just cannot get past this content. And I, I don't think the suggestion from uh, Ghostcrawler that, well, you know, you, you wait until the next tier and you come back with this new gear, so you can no. go ahead and, and, and defeat these encounters you couldn't get and, and, and get your mantle and get your, uh, your headpiece. I, You've I just, already lost half your guild out of frustration by that point. Yeah, and also... Yeah. One thing they did in Wrath, and they also seem to be doing now, is they completely made the old raid content useless because of how easy new content would be and how good the rewards would be. And they're doing this now with the 4.1 patch and the level of rewards you're going to be getting from even the heroics in that content. Yeah. So I'd say their problems now are they don't have a lot of content for different difficulties. They don't have a good way to uh, teach people how to handle the different content. They don't have as much content outside of raiding. I mentioned earlier that because of how linear the zones are, that I haven't seen... A, I've seen a lot of comments where people don't really want to go back and do it because it's so disconcerting to have a different character go through and experience the whole... You are the one great hero saving the... Whatever. Saving the world, the saving this, yeah. saving that, uh, saving this. Meanwhile, the four weeks later, exactly. You are you the, are the hero. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's like a mad so, lib. Uh, yeah, so I think they need to have more stuff for people to do outside of that. And the hard mode content, because I've seen people who, oh, hey, hard mode, same thing over again. I'm bored. I'm going to go play something else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, my, my own solution would be, uh, I think. In, in the in the short term, add something like Strength of Rin. I don't remember what the Horde uh, equivalent was. It was, uh, 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 for those of you who don't know, it was a buff, um, a, a, a positive uh, boost 
to players, which was added incrementally, which by its end gave players essentially 30% more power, which allowed uh, casual players to reach the heights that uh, pro players, hard mode players, had reached many, many weeks before. And so, you know, the, 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 the world firsts, the server firsts, all those accolades were picked up by the, the really good players. And uh, uh, at the same time, those of us mere mortals were able to get the, 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 the same feeling of moving through and completing content. There's some accomplishment, exactly. And yeah, I- however, the problem was with a lot of that was because of how long ICC was out that it Oh, players, sure. Other players became so bored, and it really, I'd rather see, of course, as a short-term solution, it is a lot easier, but they need to have more ways for people to play the game at a higher level, and they need to have a better way of teaching people. Sure. That's yeah. fine, but I think short of, yeah, yeah, short of going in and fixing some of these things, like, uh, I'll throw out something, your jargon field, Chogal, you can't have five oozes on 10-man and five oozes on 25-man, especially when they they seem to uh, uh, essentially share the same uh, health pools. So it's easy in 25-man, but it's downright nerve-wracking or impossible if you don't have the right class in 10-man. They, yeah. they, they, you just can't do that and expect players like, like uh, 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 Lemmings to just keep coming back, coming back, coming back out of instinct. And if I can just chime in that, you know, sure. I, I know I'm an even more casual player clearly than, than either of you are. I mean, the, the biggest issue I see is that a precedent had been set for players like me. Hey, you're going to be able to run heroics and you're going to be able to do that pretty easily and get decent gear, um, you know, in the original wrath content. You know, I, I can't even remember Radiance. This is now, or not Radiance, it's Dungeon Names. It's been so long. But, you know, mm-hmm. you, you you were getting good stuff. And then uh, oh, Call of the, that, that uh, oh, bloody hell. What, TOGC, what Call of the thank, Crusade. Thank you, thank yeah. you. Trial of the you Crusader. Know, Trial of the yeah. Crusader, exactly. You were getting stuff in there which would allow you then to compete at a semi-reasonable level in in raid groups. Um and that's just yeah. completely gone. I mean, I, I am downright terrified, honestly, even by basic heroic dungeons because of the mechanics that are involved from time to time. And there, there, there is absolutely no warm-up for somebody like me. Yeah. Um, they took away that content that you could run and they didn't introduce anything else. And I know Trial of the Crusade had a lot of problems because there were a lot more casual guilds who did get through it quickly. And then because of the gap between normal and heroic, they were completely bored after that point because of how difficult the heroic was in contrast. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My guild tried and could not even on 25 man uh, get down uh, Northrend Beasts, uh, the, uh, the, the, the sort of elite 10 man in our group was able to do it, and I think they got a tribute to, to Insanity. Um, I got a tribute to Mad Skill, and I got a Jaraxxus 25. But yes, there was a massive gap at that point. And yeah, they need to have something for you to do, Ed, if they're going to up the difficulty on 
a normal Other content. <laughs> right. And right now, the something I'm doing, I'm picking herbs, I'm fishing, and I'm completing every quest in the game. And I can't say I, I'm enjoying my time, but what they've basically done is they've driven me to um, play this massively multiplayer game as a single player experience, um, mm-hmm. which is kind of sad. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't think at this rate that I will be playing wow that much longer myself just because the things i loved were five-man dungeons and they're they're too even those are too stressful for me to be entertained um you know and i i know everyone has you know a different desire from the game but i think that blizzard has perhaps lost touch a little bit with what the truly casual want and need yeah, and even for me as a player with a 354 average gear level with Champion of the Naru, with all this stuff, I find the experience of the random dungeon finder quite stressful because of everything from the skill level and the quite simple fact that this is what you're expected to do is heroics in the random dungeon finder. Which means you have people who might be better off doing content tuned to a slightly different skill level in there. And just the Mm -hmm. environment and the attitudes that that Random Dungeon Finder tends to encourage also. It's not a fun experience for me. It's not bad for me to do it with guildies, but in a random group, it can be incredibly unpleasant and stressful. Yeah, I've, I've held my breath and I've tanked alone with four other strangers a few times, and I have been blessed to have good groups. So I think the bottom line, as we're all saying here, is that uh, I think the landscape might be shifting for MMOs, and although World of Warcraft certainly isn't going to lose its uh, regnancy, its throne, with Rift seeming uh, to uh, hold the attention of a good number of players and to whatever destination you have an exodus from wow i think there there could be something interesting on the horizon but what strikes me as most intriguing is the fact that whatever his position and whatever the intentions of uh, him and his team greg street reached out to the player base and said hey what are things like for you and uh, that leads us to our next topic which is how mmo developers communicate with their customers. Heather, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, EVE Online's means for communication and uh, what, what uh, that has been doing in the news lately? Well, EVE Online, has so- they have some specific forum areas that allow for more discussion and feedback, but their main thing is the uh, Council for Seller Management, which the elections are actually going on well, they close the twenty second, so they'll be mm-hmm. just finishing up. Now, this is a player, like a player council. They are voted on by fellow players, correct? Yes, they're voted on by fellow players. They run campaigns, and they actually go meet up in Iceland and interact with the CCP developers. And and a CCP as a company seems to have a lot more interest in interacting with their fans. Just looking at some of these stuff that they've set up for the fan fest they have things like they have chess boxing they have a pub crawl with the developers which is something i don't generally expect out of games 
But the Council of Stellar Management is elected players that go to Iceland, interact with the developers, express the concerns that they have about the game, and try to get a CCP to have a certain level of concern. And looking at some of the released information on what the council has pressed for in the game, there's a lot of interesting things. The, I don't know, the Council for Stellar Management has some problems in terms of players sometimes seem to perceive that the council should be able to dictate to CCP exactly what they should do with the game, which doesn't seem like a re- realistic or in any way viable position to well, have. Well, sure, a developer is going to turn around and say, okay, now you do my job for me. Yeah, and then there's some players that tend to react that that the council is useless if they aren't doing that. And there's a certain extent to which the council is a bit more hardcore or focused on null sec development than the average player just because of the level of commitment associated with the council. Mm-hmm. You tend to attract a more hardcore version of the player base. Which sure. means that CCP isn't going to sit there and say, no, we're going to give up Incarna and say the new player experience and the benefits of having actual avatars that that's going to bring for uh, adjusting the performance of a certain form of Titan, which is something only really used by large alliances because ships are so expensive and difficult. Yeah, now, had you said that there was some kind of controversy going on with the council? I have seen... There's some unpleasant discussion in terms of Incarna, which Incarna is referred to, among other terms, as walking in stations. It's the expansion that'll bring full-body avatars. They're planning to have some new player experience adjustments based off that, which is something I see as highly valuable, because... A lot more people coming in are going to be more familiar with, you know, you move using WASD and that sort of thing than how you move a spaceship. Sure. So that's going to make a lot of that content easier to pick up. And then they're going to have content in stations. I believe there's some questing content planned. And some better opportunities to do things like the gambling that players are already operating and setting up, but that can be now played in a physical location. But I think the primary thing for me is the alteration to new players' experience. But a lot of people seem to... this, Despite the fact that EVE is advertised largely as a sandbox and as a game where you can do whatever you would like, people seem to find this as something completely at odds with the main idea of the game. And there are, peop- there are people who say, you know, there are issues and there are features that could use improvement, which is valid, but some the features that, that need improvement tend not to be something that's going to affect new players and affect a lot of the player base as much as adding this content will also. So there's some concerns about it and some controversy, and some of it just seems to be hardcore players viewing their concerns as the only ones that are really of interest in the game. So do you think, ironically, the uh, player representatives 
aren't representing the player base at all, or they're well, representing such a such a tiny little fraction of them that uh, it's not helpful. They're representing a certain portion of the player base, but they're not addressing a lot of the issues that I've seen coming in from people who will try the game. What are some of those issues? I had a friend who tried the game and who could not realize or could not understand how to move a ship. And this is someone who has played MMOs, who has worked and been paid for doing commentary on MMOs, Mm -hmm. and he couldn't figure out how to move a ship. So that's going to be something that's going to prove a negative to a lot of incoming players. You think... You that think this is a, a problem shared by uh, by players that the 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 learning curve the UI is have mystifying some of, yeah there are jokes and comments and graphs referring to how difficult the learning curve is and I think there's a certain section of the players that tends to kind of view that as well I play Eve this gives me some elitist credibility mm-hmm. but. The difficulty of a game should not be measured by how hard it is to figure out how to move your ship. How to do something basic is that, yeah. Yeah, it, and I think Eve, they, there's obviously content that's going to be difficult and challenging and require a lot of attention no matter what. I mean, the NullSec events aren't going to suddenly become easier because people who just came in have a better understanding of how the UI works. Yeah, do you think uh, CCP is going to turn around at some point and, I don't know, may expand the council? Uh, perhaps have certain representatives that are, that are uh, uh, more uh, selective rather than uh, representatives that are purely the product of what are perhaps uh, uh, special interest groups? I'm not sure. I mean, they obviously want to have players feel represented and I know there's I know I mean there's a lot of things that the council has done where I've seen as very representative of the player base in terms of listing what issues they see but they are trying to balance making the input feel valued and important and also addressing some of the issues with the games that the CSM isn't necessarily as interested in. So it's a bit of a balancing act in trying to keep people feeling involved and represented and not just playing to the 10% or the 15% that might have actually voted on the council. Yeah. Representatives, so. Because I could see where uh, a lot of players who probably fall within the very, very large, fat part of the bell curve who are Who'd- avid players but are not part of this uh, uh, this this elite, this connected group, um, might feel as if their game is being steered towards some very, very niche interests. Um, yeah, these I've seen some commentary and some statistics stating that like 90 or so percent of the players spend most of their time in high security space. Right, and that's high security space is basically on the map. It's where the AI uh, uh, protects you and... To I guess, some extent, yes. For, it yeah, right, right, right. Perfectly. Sure, but it's certainly not uh, uh, an example of what really makes Eve unique and wild, where players, actual players, are controlling and policing space entirely. Yep. And that's just mind blowing. Yeah, but, I have seen some 
comments from some of the CSM who would like to retune low sec to make it a bit more appealing to players because now the risk reward situation is low sec seems to be high risk medium reward while high sec is uh low, low risk re- and low high reward, reward. Or, uh, or low reward it's more of low risk low to medium reward and high, and null sec is high risk high reward so the extra rewards for n- low sec aren't necessarily appealing enough for players to take on the additional risk yeah and high sec would essentially be the the casual zone. That's for people who who aren't interested in being preyed upon by player pirates or any kind of lawlessness that is allowed within the game. E, to some extent, though, high sec do still have suicide ganking occurs, war decks still occur. I've had several. I think I've spent more time war deck than I have on war deck, but it isn't the same experience as lower null sec by any means yeah exactly so and it's interesting to see the uh, the the difference between a company like eve who admittedly is working with a much 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 smaller player base um than uh, than blizzard um and uh, uh i i think perhaps one one tie-in would be the the appearance of ghost crawler which has followed a uh, punctuated uh, 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 unpunctuated excuse me a, a long silence from him uh, Ghostcrawler used to be the uh, the dev who would post on the forums daily you would uh, you would see him uh, speak on a one-to-one level often and uh, just talk shop or defend the decisions of his design team um, and a lot of players have, have turned around and said, oh, well, this goes back to uh, pre-Wrath uh, uh, discussion levels, which, of course, you know, Wrath being the introduction as a, as a real PR player of Ghostcrawler. Uh, so I think there may be that sense that there's a distance and uh, that, that Blizzard is no longer listening to players or doesn't appear to be engaging them directly. Yeah, I remember there were some comments made at BlizzCon by Ghostcrawler, somewhat jokingly, I'm guessing was intended, about how, you know, about can we just skip BlizzCon this year, which is very off-putting to players. And looking at, I'd have to say, pretty much every other MMO company that I have seen seems to have a much greater interest in the players and in interacting and in having fun with the players. I mean, there's everything from Turbine and the events and the how the content gets rolled out. Mm-hmm. Trion, obviously Eve and CCP, they seem to have a lot more interest in interacting and having fun with their player base. Do you think things might change if they woke up one morning and had 12 million players? Mm, I think things would be rough for a bit. But I'm not sure that the heart of the company's approach and feel and character would change. Because Blizzard, in many ways, people tend to joke about Blizzard and they're rolling in their vaults of money. And that's the viewpoint that people have of Blizzard and their interaction with players and all of that. So having more people involved can alter things, but... I don't think that it will, I mean, like Turbine, I'll read their stuff and they have all these regular community spotlights, Turbine, 
or Trion, which is Rift, is massively involved with a lot of the social networking and mm-hmm. other player interactions. And Eve has a massive quantity of dev blogs and other content. So it's part of it is just Blizzard's approach to things and the viewpoint they take on their customers, perhaps. Yeah. Ed, have you got anything to say? I only play games whose uh, developers know exactly what I want all the time. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> <laughs> I sense the sarcasm. Yeah, no, I. this is like an area which I've never really taken much interest in. Um, for Literally, for, for, the, for that reason, I, I hate to sound like a smartass, um, that generally speaking, if a developer does not seem to have me and my play styles and wants and desires in mind. Um, I've, I've never been the sort to hop on a forum or express that, which, you know, it's probably my loss. Um, I just move on to another game, which um, seems to cater more towards me, which, you know, obviously that mentality doesn't work very well in an MMO where you're perhaps investing years of your life in this and one game and it's constantly changing so it's, it's something that's new for me and i have yet to really jump into the fray as far as posting my ideas on a forum or keeping track serious track on what upcoming improvements are going to be there i'm more just surprised when they happen yeah i know i do think wow kind of uh harm themselves as well with some of the announcements about 4.1 because saying you're going to introduce new content more regularly when people have been waiting for new content so long and then reducing what you're going to put out in the next patch uh, I find that highly problematic myself so a little tenured yeah well speaking of not delivering what people expected uh, or perhaps the specter of such there's this little game that's coming up called Brink. All right, all right. I'm I may have overstated my feelings a little bit, but here's here's my issue. Headlines sell every, newspapers. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> yes. No, I this game has been branded as utterly revolutionary. And everyone I know who's played it in play tests at say PAX or E3 have raved about it. Best thing ever. Best thing ever. Now, sadly, I have not had that opportunity myself, but I've been keeping, you know, a pretty pretty close to a tab on, on what's been going on in this game's development. And I'm starting to see videos of gameplay, and what was supposed to be revolutionary is simply combining elements of Team Fortress Classic with elements of, you know, other, other first-person shooters that are out there. And it's really the same thing that everyone's been doing for the last five years. You know, everyone's revolutionary FPS is simply taking this, the ideas that were new five years ago, mixing them with what your competitor did six months prior, and oh wow, a new exciting property. Nothing's <laughs> changed. We just keep revisiting the same things over and over again. So when I see video of somebody selecting their weapons on a rotational gear selection wheel, Hello. Yeah, that was pretty hip in 1998. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. You know, uh, I don't mean to be overly critical because this could very well be a fun game. It looks like they've combined a lot of fun elements. At the same time, P- 
people. That isn't new. Fun isn't None revolutionary of, necessarily. Exactly. Fun isn't necessarily revolutionary. And, you know, I've had a great time playing Halo Reach. I've had a great time still playing Modern Warfare 2. But tell me what about those games is really revolutionary? Mm-hmm. Nothing. It's They've formulaic. And it's, 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 it's built on the successes of, of recent games. I mean, all of them are right. basically based on Halo 2's matchmaking system, uh, uh, at least distantly, which was uh, brought into uh, play in uh, uh, good old 2004. Right. Uh, and, and the rest of it is just a series of uh, clever variations on the theme. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that sometimes there tends to be too much of a focus on being revolutionary rather than on being polished and enjoyable and fun yeah exactly exactly um and yeah i i just hope that brink has is not now overlooked or cast aside because the product that's being delivered is not necessarily what was promised um yeah i i think that it, it may just be a problem really that a lot of developers have that they yeah they keep trying to brand their product as the best thing ever and um I'm going to go back to something we talked about in the last podcast, Bulletstorm. Yeah, they, they paint their product as the best thing ever. But in doing so, they're being tug-in-cheek because the whole game is tug-in-cheek. You know? <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that they've actually come closer to delivering something that felt different simply because there wasn't the same focus on doing exactly what the other guys were doing. Uh, I'm not saying that the ideas in there are new. In some ways, some of the ideas that are in uh, Bulletstorm, it's a very classic first-person shooter. It reminds you of Doom. It reminds you of the original Duke Nukem 3D. But um, yeah, by by stepping back that far and by not trying to necessarily make another Modern Warfare or another Call of Duty, you have a game that's a lot of fun. Do you think this is in part a a consequence of the prevalence of, of PR that you have a lot of suits talking about what they think they need to be talking about and, and setting up such an expectation for a game rather than what we typically see with revolutionary games, which is the brainchild of somebody coming out, winning gamers' hearts and minds, taking retail by storm, and then cementing itself as revolutionary and classic. And when is, when is the last time either of you could remember that happening, honestly? Magica. I, I've seen a lot of that seeming to happen with uh, Magicka. That'd be the most relevant example I could come up with. I'd say, let me think of a few things. Uh, Portal was probably kind of a minor revolution. It was, it was definitely creative. But again, Definitely, it was yeah. it, it it was a variation on uh, a lot of things you saw with uh, with Half Life. I would say that the original Half Life was was big, um, probably one of the one of the most important uh, milestones in in FPS. Uh, you had uh, you had Halo Two with matchmaking. I, I I can't think of any kind of virtual couch, any kind of uh, uh, lobby system that preceded it that uh, that did so much. And yeah. you mentioned PR also, Mike. I think that another issue is um, that all these games that are coming out, well, with the exception of, like, Heather just mentioned Magicka. Mike, you mentioned Portal, which, you know, Valve uh, 
developed and to a certain extent publishes. Hi, speaking um, of Valve, actually, let me just cut in there. Uh, Left for Dead, I would say that was revolutionary. Um, Left for Dead was. I, I. It was. It was. You know, again, not not paradigm shift. Not this is a new kind of genre. That kind of thing. You know, not not, not something. It was. Like, it was a blending of genres that was very refreshing. Exactly. I'm yeah. sorry. Go on. I was just going to say that it, perhaps. Um, you know, I, I hate to always blame the big publishers, but this is one instance where I really think they may be to blame because you got a lot of guys like Bobby Kotick understanding, hey, Modern Warfare sells games. Let's make one every year. And then let's make every game we make like Modern Warfare. <laughs> exactly. But it's just, it's asinine. Um, what have you got it's left? It's stifling. Yeah, you have nothing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, yeah, great, it sells. But this is why Guitar Hero was just taken out of business, you know, in, 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 or taken out of the market. Within, in, in three or four years, the same thing is going to be happening to Call of Duty because they're going to beat this horse to death. Yeah. And it's just a shame. And in turn, you know, a lot of great independent games aren't getting the attention that they should. But, hey, that's a story for another day. Yeah, I remember I was reading something that Peter Mollett knew was uh, commenting that he would occasionally make things up just to prevent reporters from falling asleep in an interview or something. <laughs> yeah, uh, but of course he built a reputation on hype. And, Indeed. Uh, uh, you know, these, these whimsical promises that uh, never quite were lived what? up to. Um, and I would actually say, now, Bethesda is uh, in part producing uh, Brink. They are, to the best of my knowledge, they are, if not just publisher, they are developer. Developer. We'll see. That's kind of funny because we can go back to 2006 and uh, recall Bethesda's uh, uh, enthusiasm about Radiant AI, which was going to revolutionize um, its essentially FPS uh, or first person uh, adventure, Oblivion, and they scaled that back greatly. Yeah. Uh, and even now, Skyrim is billed as uh, a big paradigm shift on many fronts. Now, some of this stuff does sound interesting, but gotta tell you that sometimes when I look at these uh, these gameplay uh, uh, reels, as as fun as it looks, it doesn't look too different from what I played five years ago. So you just wonder if Bethesda has a, a, a proclivity for tall tales. Now, now I, I, just to clarify, uh, it looks as if Splash Damage may be helming some of the development, which I believe they are in, they're owned by Bethesda, so let's just say they're the same yeah. people. Yeah, but, uh, so, yeah. These I, are the guys that did, uh, what do they do, Quake Wars, uh, Wolfenstein Enemy Territory, what the heck is that? <laughs> I have no idea. Something well, best left forgotten, like Wolfenstein, I'm guessing. but... Yeah, and I do. It does seem to a certain extent like Bethesda is overhyping. However, the deal is a concept can be very much of a paradigm shift and a game changer, but it's not going to have that effect until it functions in a viable way, which I would say some of the AI in Oblivion really didn't do. Especially, right. And, so. and oftentimes, this is this is spontaneous. It isn't predicted. It isn't built. I mean that. That that strikes me as as miracle tonic talk, snake oil salesman talk. Not to say that Bethesda is is being uh, or Peter Molyneux uh, that there's that there's 
real uh, uh, disingenuousness going on here. Yeah, but I guess- there's a certain extent to which when they've put in this much work and this much effort and this much time into a game that they are going to have a high opinion of it. And That's it can fine. also be and- a bit more difficult to see some of the flaws at that sure. point. Sure. Well, and, and, and marketing is marketing. But it's like, it's like when people compare uh, uh, political personalities to old personal, political personalities, you know, like... Nobody, nobody has had a comparison for Bill Clinton or Ronald Reagan. You know, they were they were entities unto themselves. They they defined something rather than well, so and so is being like Reagan. He's being Reagan esque. He's being Clinton esque. Um, but by the same token, Nick's night. Armor crook. You just gave away your age, there. You. Uh, unless you're Nostradamus, you can't predict something being what changes everything. Um, unless you get lucky and you do see how what you're doing is unprecedented. But I don't think that happens nearly as often as developers would like it to. Right. And I think a lot of times these hype machines just need to, uh, I don't know, put put a lid on themselves <laughs> for maybe the the first year they're screaming about a game because we've been hearing about Brink for three years. Um, I don't think we need to know as much about these games as sometimes we're, we're given because it's only going to lead to disappointment. And I could look at companies like uh, Blizzard and Bungie doing very good jobs of keeping their, their IPs under wraps. Um, and, you know, they may drop little snippets here and there, but they don't show you things until they're ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, CCP tends to do a bit of that as well, just with the relative lack of information they re- release for, say, Vampire the Masquerade or Dust. But I think, again, yeah. that's that's being cautious. That's being careful. I think they they put so much pride in the final product, and it's probably based on the personalities that are leading those companies, that they're going to be coy until they actually have something to physically show you and describe, rather than talking through their hat and winging it and uh, uh, giving you a uh, uh, kind of an imaginary dog and pony show. Exactly. And once again, the three companies we've all just referenced are all independents. They have no they have no publisher telling them you've got to make that line X. They set their own schedules, they make things happen, and they put the game their way. Ooh, that was a good ending. That was a good ending. They play the game. Isn't, isn't that awesome? It's it's like I brought in the idea of playing the game, they play the game. into this discussion we're having about business and public relations. They play the game their way, 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 way. <laughs> Have you been typing? Now you're Heather? playing with knowledge. Knowledge. No. No, you haven't been talking to me. I never see him on Skype, and I haven't been on Xbox Live enough to be all like, "Hey, Ed, come chat with me." We've been hearing you typing the whole time. It hasn't been too bad, but uh, it's very self-reflexive. So, well, what I don't understand is how you're able to talk while you type. I'm actually, I'm absolutely marveled. Um, I can't do that. Uh, nor, nor can I. I can't. I can't have two different. I have on occasion been playing a game, talking on Skype, talking on ventrilo, and talking on TeamSpeak. Do you have like two brains or something? How do you do that? Carefully. I guess. She's she's of the age that can actually multitask. 
Yeah, I I can't even talk about other things when I'm playing a game. I'll be like, no. well, uh, I... Uh, damn it, I died. <laughs> uh, oh, dear. Yeah, yeah, I was telling my... My boyfriend can't do it. He'll be playing law and he cannot pay attention to anything else. 